What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for wrapping up your week with us. This is your Friday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We're a sports ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. We're still posting daily content over there, podcasts, articles, different news and notes. The most recent bit of news that was posted over there is I got nominated for an award. I'm nominated for Podcast Host of the Year uh, by the Internet Baseball Writers Association of America. Kind of cool. I really feel honored to get a nomination to kind of be recognized uh, for all the hard work we put in over here. Go over to my Twitter, at Joe Orico, at EthosFantasyBB, whichever one you're following. Go to both, whatever. Uh, We've shared out the link over there so you guys can go and show some support for your boy if you feel so inclined and help me get a piece of hardware this year, maybe. Uh, The first year they're doing the awards, so it'd be kind of cool to win the first one. Um, but it's just a very cool honor to be nominated as well. So uh, go there and vote if you feel so inclined. Just go check it out on my Twitter at the IBWAA uh, website. Uh, you guys can find it there as well. But today we're doing what we have been doing pretty recently now, uh, pretty consistently, I should say, on Fridays, is weekend pitching streamers. We have nine uh, over the course of Friday, Saturday, and Sunday that I have highlighted. Last weekend, it was only four of them. Now we, I think we went four for four on our streams, and the weekend before... We also did really well. I think we had like 10 or 11 streamers highlighted, and we got like eight or nine really good outings. So hoping to continue the hot streak here. I've been streaming in these guys myself, and we've had some pretty good results as of late. So hope to keep that train going here as we enter September. It's the first show of September. Uh, Now we're truly, truly into crunch time. I know it's been crunch time for a while, but now this is really when it gets, uh, gets very serious. So let's start talking about some streamers. The first one. It is a little bit risky. I'm going to be honest with you. But it's Hyunjin Ryu at Colorado to face the Rockies tonight. He's been so dominant since he has come back. He's thrown 24 innings to a 225 ERA, a 100 whip on the dot. His last three outings have been exceptional. They've been, uh, his last four outings really have been exceptional. Sub one ERA, uh, his whip is below .75. He's won his last three outings. Not terrible teams, not great teams he's faced so far, but he started with Baltimore, then Cleveland, the Cubs, then Cincy in Cincy, and then Cleveland. You know, I think there was a couple of unearned runs in Cincy there, but the pitch in Great American Ballpark, you know, go five innings, strikeout seven, no earned. Really strong stuff. That ballpark is pretty similar to Coors Field in terms of overall park factors. People get very scared because of Coors Field because the ball does tend to fly out of there. Balls tend to, you know, get through where they don't in other places because of the thin air. Uh, a lot, there's a lot more hits in Colorado than there are in other places. The team itself, though, is pretty piss poor. If you look at their offensive rankings, they're mid to bottom tier uh, in a lot of the offensive rankings. They're 25th in on-base percentage. They're 18th in runs per game. 25th in home runs, even in that ballpark. It's pretty remarkable. Uh, 21st in on-base plus slugging. They're 29th in stolen bases. They don't really excel anywhere offensively. They're not a team that really worries me so much, especially with how poor they have been really for the whole season. Uh, We're talking about a team that has 49 wins. Ryu on a hot streak. The Jays, knowing that there is a bit of urgency now as we enter into the last month, more than a bit of urgency. They're on a nine-game streak against Colorado, Oakland, and Kansas City where they need to win like seven or eight games. I don't know how much that's going to actually factor into it, but I think the Blue Jays are going to come out strong over this cor- over the course of the series here in Colorado. And I think we'll get a good start out of Ryu tonight, just continuing what he has been doing uh, over the last month since he's come back. And even beyond that, uh, he's been a really great asset. He's on 64% of Yahoo rosters. Again, I know 
that the the ballpark does scare everybody a little bit, uh, but it's not something that I'm going to use as an excuse not to stream Ryu when he has been just so good recently. So he's somebody, he's the first guy that we're highlighting tonight. There's only two for tonight, just the way the schedule shakes out, because we have a lot of really strong ace quality pitchers who are going to be going today. You know, if you go across the different games, you have your Yuri Perez's, Logan Gilbert, Cody Sanga, you got Glass now, Scherzer, Rodon, Verlander, Wheeler, Peralta. Like, there's a lot of great pitchers going tonight. Uh, Max Fried, Julio Urias. So there's not a hell of a lot of streaming opportunity. But the other name that I've highlighted for tonight is Patrick Sandoval. He's on 54% of rosters. He's going into Oakland to face the Athletics. You know, you could send in your grandmother into Oakland to face the Athletics, and there's a half-decent chance I'd highlight them as a streamer. That ballpark is great for pitching. The team is obviously garbage. Sandoval has also been pretty damn good as of late. His last two starts have both been really good uh, against the Mets and against Tampa. There was a bad one against Texas a couple times out uh, ago earlier in August. Two and two-thirds. He still struck out six, but he did have kind of a tough go of it. But overall, for the season, Sandoval's been pretty good. 395 ERA. The whip is always a little high with Sandoval because of his lack of control at 143. But I think there's a decent chance they come away with a win. They are still the better team here, maybe just ever so slightly, considering they just shed their entire roster. But they're a better team. He's going to give you a decent chance for some strikeouts. His strikeouts kind of vary. Sometimes they're really great. Sometimes they're poor. Against a team like Oakland, he should be able to give you five, six, seven strikeouts. Good potential for a win. And like I said, he's been pretty hot as of late and over the course of the whole season in general. Whip is not the category that he is particularly strong in. If you're just looking to lower your whip heading into the weekend, Sandoval's probably not the guy. But if you're just looking for a general overall quality stream here, I think it's a very good opportunity here uh, against the Athletics in Oakland. So those are the two for Friday. uh, Hyunjin Ryu against Colorado and Patrick Sandoval against Oakland. There's four that I have for Saturday here. And one of them is actually a pitching matchup. I don't really love to do this, highlight both ends of a pitching matchup, but I think that there's a really good chance uh, we see a low-scoring game here. And again, it's the Angels and the Athletics tomorrow. The Angels are really, really not great. They weren't great for the whole season. Now they don't have Hunter Renfro, uh, Crone. I mean, they have Gritchick still in, on the lineup because nobody wanted Randall Gritchick, the poor guy. Uh, no, Not one team placed a claim on Randall Gritchick, which I think is kind of crazy. I, you know, He's still a valuable player in some aspects, even as a pinch hitter, DH, whatever. Um, but he's still there. That's pretty much it. Otani's there. Uh, but there's not a hell of a lot of players. The average Major League fan, the average baseball fan, even the average fantasy player probably isn't going to know a lot of the players that are being trotted out by the Angels at this point. They're not very good. Paul Blackburn going up against them tomorrow. And Blackburn has been actually really good this season, uh, specifically recently. But if you look at the course of the whole season, you know his ranking isn't particularly high. If you look at like player Raiders, because he only has three wins, which is going to come when you pitch for a bad team. And his whip is pretty high at 146. But... 86 strikeouts in 84 innings, a 393 ERA. That's totally fine. If you look at the last month, 30 innings, 30 and two-thirds innings, I should say, uh, 30 strikeouts. He's a 235 ERA and a 127 whip. Really solid. That'll play. He's given you good numbers of strikeouts the last three outings, six, six, and eight. Sometimes you'll get three, four, five, but he's been really strong in the strikeout department recently. Everything has looked pretty good from Paul Blackburn recently. And considering the opponent here, the Angels, like I said, there's not really a hell of a lot left there. I think that we could probably see a good start out of Paul Blackburn tomorrow. Now, on the other side, Griffin Canning is, I don't think, a great pitcher. Some people have hyped him up at certain points this season as being maybe a little bit better than he actually is. I think he's pretty good. But right now, you know, he's facing Oakland. 
this can this can apply to pretty much everybody. You're facing Oakland, like I said. You're going to make pretty viable streamer. 26% rostered right now, and he's coming off of two excellent starts in a row. I mean, sorry, not starts. The one against Tampa was a relief appearance, but three and a third, five strikeouts. You have one run, I believe. Uh, looking really strong. Looking really, really strong. The next time out, seven innings against the Mets of one-run ball with nine Ks. If you look at the course of the whole season, he's got seven victories, 110 Ks in his 98 innings, a 4.38 ERA, and a 123 whip. If you shorten that over the last month in 14 innings, 3.86 ERA, and a 114 whip. I like him, especially because of the matchup against Oakland. I think he's just a fine pitcher. Could give you a good spike game for strikeouts. We have seen him go for 12 this year. We've also seen him go for lower numbers, fives, the fours of the of the world. But I think against uh, Oakland here, you're not going to really go that wrong with Canning, especially 26% rostered. You can find him on a lot of waiver wires as well. And Paul Blackburn on the other side of that one, only 21% rostered. So if you're looking for widely available guys for your 12-team leagues, even 15-team leagues, they're probably rostered in 15s, but your 12-team leagues specifically, Blackburn and Canning I think are going to be really good options tomorrow. Uh, Mike Clevenger as well against Detroit. I was surprised that Mike Clevenger passed through waivers without getting claimed. He just came off of a seven-inning, ten-strikeout performance against, you guessed it, the Athletics. But still, I was surprised that nobody claimed him. He's actually had a pretty decent year. Over his 97 innings, 85 Ks, a 332 ERA, and a 123 whip. Against Detroit, I'm pretty optimistic that Clevenger can continue what he's been doing recently. I know the start, of, you know, two starts ago against Seattle was not great, but Seattle's been on such a hot run. I'm not going to hold that against him. There's other things we'll hold against Mike Clevenger. Not that. Uh, overall, though, if you're looking for a streamer, good potential for some strikeouts. Very good potential for some win, uh, for some win potential against Detroit. Now, not that the White Sox are great, but I think with Clevenger on the hill, uh, you have a pretty good chance of coming away with a victory at home uh, against a fairly poor Tigers team. So he is the third guy I'm highlighting for Saturday. The fourth guy is Kyle Harrison. Kyle Harrison, if you played him in DFS the other night like I did, you probably had a very good night, won yourself a few bucks. He went six and a third. He got the victory. 11 strikeouts, a shutout ball. Uh, I think it was just one hit, or excuse me, three hits that he allowed uh, in that outing. But he was absolutely dominant. He gets San Diego in San Diego, which does make me a little bit nervous. Digging into the Padres' stats, though, as a team offensively, they're 24th in hits per game, 22nd in average, 11th in on-base percentage. They're 17th in slugging, 13th in home runs. They're 16th in OPS. They're not a juggernaut offensively like they thought, like we thought they were going to be. They've been pretty poor uh, throughout the whole season. Now, they can spike a crazy game. You know, Machado, Bogarts, Soto, Tatis, one of those guys, all four of them could potentially go yard on any given night. But the way that Harrison has started off his career, if you are looking for strikeouts, if you are looking for win potential, because San Francisco is the better team than the Padres. I don't even understand how, but they are. San Francisco, uh, as of the time of recording this, they are in a playoff spot. The Padres are eight and a half out. They are the better team with Harrison on the bump. Would not surprise me at all to see him get a victory, to see him go seven innings, six and six, you know, six plus seven innings. Um, I wouldn't expect much farther than that. He was pretty efficient in his last time out, so maybe it's just five-plus or around six innings. But I think we can get a good start out of Kyle Harrison uh, against San Diego, specifically if you are looking for a little bit of a strikeout boost here uh, heading into the last month of the season. If you're head-to-head leagues, you know sometimes you got to really make those tough calls. But if you are looking for strikeouts, I think Harrison might be the best name that we have on the board for the whole weekend. Just to recap, Saturday, we got Paul Blackburn against the Angels, Griffin Canning at Oakland, Mike Clevenger versus Detroit, and then Kyle Harrison at San Diego. Let's go to Sunday. There's three more names that I have for Sunday. Brian Wu is the first one. 
been a big fan of him. Uh, I spent a lot of money in fab uh, in NFBC leagues on him, and it kind of paid out. Uh, now it's starting to pay off a little bit more. Uh, his last start was also against Oakland. Six shutout innings. He's starting to catch on to the trend here. <laughs> if you pitch against Oakland, that's uh, going to make you look pretty good. But even aside from that, he has a 4.15 ERA and a 117 whip on the year. Really excellent. 68 strikeouts is also great in 65 innings. The fact he only has two victories is kind of disappointing, but that's not really on him uh, considering the way he has pitched. It's been pretty damn good. They're facing the Mets. The Mets are another one of those teams that can go off on any given night, but they are literally the bottom feeder of their division. They are worse record than the Washington Nationals. If you're looking at them, offensively, 25th in batting average and 26th in hits per game, 19th in slugging, 18th in OPS. They're 10th in home runs, and a big part of that goes back to Pete Alonso. He's clubbed like a quarter of their home runs. Other than him, there's really, I mean, him and Lindor, uh, there's really not a hell of a lot that scares me in that lineup uh, for the Mets. I think Brian Wu, good potential here for a victory, first of all, with with uh, excuse me with Seattle, uh, the way they've been playing, going against the poor team in the Mets. Good potential for strikeouts as well. We've seen Brian Wu spike like 28, 27% strikeout rates this year. I, I think it's a little bit lower than that right now. Let me just double check. I think it did kind of come back down to earth a little bit, but the strikeout potential is there with Brian Wu. He can give you eight strikeouts. Not to say that he will, uh, strikeout percentage back down to 25 at this point. But earlier in the year, it was a little bit higher. Can definitely see him getting back to that point. Uh, and he could give you seven, eight, nine strikeouts against the Mets team. That is pretty damn poor. Uh, they do not put the ball in play a hell of a lot, like I said. Uh, 26th in hits per game, not great. Um, they're a team that I'm very comfortable streaming against at this point of the season. So Brian Wu is the first option for Sunday. Tariq Skubal is the second option for Sunday. Now, he is a little bit of a wild card, Tariq Skubal. Sometimes it's a great outing. Sometimes it's kind of a poor outing. He's coming off of a really good one against the Yankees uh, with six innings, two earned runs, and nine strikeouts. Now, he gets the White Sox. The White Sox are a joke, uh, pathetic. I don't know how you want to put, exactly put it, but they're awful. Uh, Tariq Skubal, if you look at what he's done over the course of the season, has been really good. The 1.07 whip in particular really stands out. 59 Ks and 50 innings. This one's pretty straightforward, especially because he's only on 49% of rosters. He should be on a lot more rosters than he is. He's facing a poor team. He is somebody that can disappoint you. We have seen it with Tariq Skubal in the past. If he goes out there and gives you four innings, strikes out two batters, and allows four and runs, that's obviously a disappointment. But we've seen a lot of high strikeout games from him recently. If you look at his last five games, 9-7-7-3-6. Those are the strikeout totals. But specifically those last three games, 9-7-7. He's striking out a lot of batters. I'm very comfortable uh, taking a chance on Tariq Skubal at this point. Uh, Over the course of the season, he's been really good. And this matchup is great. So I don't think there's that much else to really be said. Skubal is a very strong candidate this weekend uh, against the White Sox in Chicago on Sunday. The last option for the weekend is Seth Lugo. Seth Lugo has been a darling in 15-team leagues. If you play in more shallow formats, he might not be somebody that's been that amazing for you. But a 367 ERA, 122 whip, 113 strikeouts in 115 innings. It is that same Padres team that does worry me. I don't know how likely a win is out of Lugo. He's got five, even though he's pitched very well, over 115 innings. But you'll get a reasonable rate of strikeouts, probably about one per inning. He's been very good ratio-wise for the whole season and recently as well. Uh, he has been very strong in his starts against Miami and St. Louis. I'm willing to ride that into an opportunity uh, to stream him here against San Francisco. He's on 51% of rosters. It's kind of a toss-up if he's available in your league. If it's a 15-teamer, almost definitely he's not. 
12 teamers, a lot of them, Seth Lugo is available. But I'm just looking at one of my 10 team leagues, and Seth Lugo is rostered by somebody in that 10 team league. So it's kind of just a toss up whether or not you're going to find him. On 51% of rosters, there is a decent chance that he's out there. And I think that he is a pretty viable streamer here. If you're just looking for a kind of a balanced game, you know, you're looking for five, six innings, five or six strikeouts, maybe two, three earned runs. Like that's probably what you're going to get out of Lugo. Nothing crazy. Just something that can sustain you if you need a little bit more volume uh, heading into the weekend out of your pitchers. So I'll recap the whole thing one more time. For Friday, it's Hyunjin Ryu and Patrick Sandoval. For Saturday, it's Paul Blackburn, Griffin Canning, Mike Clevenger, and Kyle Harrison. And then for Sunday, it's Brian Wu, Tariq Skubal, and Seth Lugo. Those are the nine that I am going to be looking at this weekend as streamers in my different leagues, some of them more for 10s, some of them for 12s, some of them more for 15s. Uh, but I'll leave you guys there. If you have any questions about these guys or anybody else or anything else we got going on in general, hit me up over on Twitter. I'm at JoeOrico99. Ethos Fantasy BB is where we post all of our podcasts, articles, and the works. And then SportsEthos.com is where you get all that content right from the source. But that'll do it for us for this week. We'll be back again on Monday. We'll wrap up uh, what happened over the weekend, talk about any news and notes, and get you set for next week, which for a lot of people is the first week of head-to-head playoffs. So it should be a lot of fun. I'll be here with you guys for the ride. But it is the weekend now. It's time to relax and reset the batteries. So we're going to be off the mic. But until Monday, guys, take care, relax, enjoy, and we'll see you then. Cheers. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.